Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we take a look at monsters from their folkloric origins to their current pop culture incarnations. I'm your host, Dave, and I'm joined tonight by Leonard and Cameron. Leonard, how's it going? I'm good, Dave. I'm ready, ready to get this show started. Uh, there'll be some laughs, there'll be some not laughs, but I'm <laughs> happy to be here as always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. How about you, Cameron? Yeah, uh, I am glad to be back. Sorry, I had to skip last week. Uh, I realized last minute that I would be driving a car to my sister's wedding when we were meant to be recording, uh, because things spring up on you uh, as as time goes faster and faster in your perception of it. Uh, the wedding was lovely, and then yesterday it was my birthday, and I got to watch two fantastic films as basically the only thing I had to do on my birthday, and those are the films for this episode. So it's been... A pretty good couple of weeks since I last checked in on the show. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves to do homework on their birthday. It was good homework, at least. At, yeah, at least we're, these, these are fun. Well, <laughs> they're, they're good. They're good they movies. They are good. <laughs> one, one is fun. The other one is, one fun is and... gripping, I think, yeah. is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, actually, a, a friend of mine popped around halfway through uh the the not categorically fun one and he knocked on the door and i nearly jumped out of my skin because <laughs> it sounded it sounded like there was a thumping in the wall which we'll get a, get to for a second i completely freaked out <laughs> uh. yeah yeah that'll be our through line is is things in the walls of your house so yeah. we're yeah. we're not watching uh. we're discussing housebound yeah. Uh, from 2014 and Relic from 2020. And uh, mm-hmm. Housebound is a New Zealand film and yep. Relic is from Australia. Yeah, which was another pleasant surprise, both from uh, my stretch of the woods, as it were. Yeah, and and like when we decided on these, I- I'd forgotten <laughs> that that was the case because yeah. it's been a minute since I watched these the first time. I was like, oh. Okay, yeah, these are these are from New Zealand and Australia. What, mm. what a coincidence! Local film. Mm-hmm. There, there, there is a there is a local film industry. It's just uh, it doesn't always get into our stretch of things. Yeah, and a lot of the New Zealand stuff is just uh, ported overseas as location uh, mm. rather than exported their own oh, films. Yeah. But they yeah. have them too. So, well, uh, such as the one we watched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll kick it off with Housebound. Uh, this is it's a horror comedy. Um, yeah, absolutely. I a little lighter on the cover. It's not um, is it tongue in cheek, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's veg, very uh, Edgar Wrighty, uh, very yeah, Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah, early, yeah, early Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely feel that. And it, this is also, I think, we should point out is the is the director's first film. 
Yes. Yes. Which, it definitely has that sort of energy, especially near the start. It feels, I, I don't know if amateur is the right term, but it's got that sort of raw, slightly unpolished feel, which I actually appreciated because it was very different. I watched these in the opposite order. So I went from an incredibly highly produced, very effective film <laughs> yes. to, oh, this is going to be more fun. I can calm down a bit. <laughs> Yeah, Housebound reminded me kind of a Frighteners of that era of movies. Mm. Mm. There's also a bit of like early Sam Raimi uh, vibe to it as well. Yeah, Yeah. and um, this, I hadn't thought of it until I was looking at the (laughs) the credits, but um, Gerard Johnstone, Mm. the director, uh, also has done Megan, which is um, apparently... Very well received. I haven't seen that one, but yeah, um, I gotta watch that. Top, yeah. There you go. At least in terms of AI (laughs) doing something strange. Mm. But uh, yeah, so Housebound. In I'll just handle the summary. Um, Yeah, this is about a a young woman, uh, Mm -hmm. Kylie. And she's run afoul of the law and is is housebound. She's put under um, house arrest uh, for, I think, a, a month. Uh, it was eight months. No, no. Eight, yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah. No way. It's just a month. It's much longer than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So eight months uh, and has a uh, ankle bracelet. So she can't go past the property line mm-hmm. um, of the house. And she's she's basically sent back to live with her mother and her stepdad. Yep. Uh, and the, the home that her mother had. It's not really recently. 1996. So yeah. It, it, some it was, years prior mm, when Kylie yeah. was a child, but had since moved out, um, yeah. uh, had, had bought that house. Yes. Mm. And was Kylie was under the impression her entire adult life that it had been like a B and B before mm-hmm. her mom like picked it up. But apparently no, it was a halfway house and there had been a grisly uh murder committed there. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. there are knockings and strange things within the walls uh stuff kind of disappears the power goes through the roof yeah <laughs> and they have they're stuck with dial up internet i know that's not that's not part of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's part of the horror to me <laughs> yeah and oh. it's up to kylie to like figure out what's going on because she she has nowhere else to go she can't leave the house right. yeah yeah. Oh, and and m- most importantly, I think is that her mother Miriam is just like, yeah, the house is haunted. Like, yeah, yeah weird Fair stuff enough. happens because it's haunted because there were murders here. <laughs> yeah, a, a murder here. Yeah. Well, she's not like leaning into that in the beginning, right? Because no. she she's pretending that it's was a bed and breakfast. <laughs> mm. But um, now I. Of the characters, um, Miriam's probably my favorite. Oh, <laughs> it's I like love her. great energy. Yeah, she's um she's played by Rima Tewiata, who's also in our Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a really great film. 
she's great in that as well. Yeah, she's I, she's kind of stole the show for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she just every time she's on the screen, it's like okay, she has a lot of energy, mm. and she's kind of like I'm trying to I don't know. She's not she's, she's frenetic, not frantic. She's mm. like frenetic. She has a lot yeah. of energy. Yeah, she's like high strung. I guess is probably what her <laughs> character is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely, and is just trying to like. She's trying to care for her daughter, but she also doesn't want her daughter there. Like this yeah. was not her choice. It's the no. the, the, the 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 system. The laws. Like, yeah. This is the place where you you have to be housed, mm. and so they're putting up with their uh, her daughter, and it's you can tell that she loves her daughter, but she's also just kind of like. Because it's a weird, it's not the um, general feeling of, oh, you have a troubled child and now mm. you're like, up, you're, you're angry at them. Like, that's not, that's not the case. No. It's more like, oh, now it just feels like a weird house guest that you don't get along with really anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or um, I don't know, like an in-law that came mm. and you didn't right. get along with them. Instead of like a direct blood, relation. yeah. Instead of it's like your, you know, your direct relation. Mm. Mostly because Kylie's kind of being a jerk. <laughs> um, not, not, not kind of. She, she she's, is. She's she jerk. is a jerk. Yeah, absolutely. They just want like they have they have two nights a week where they watch a TV show. It's an hour long, and they want to watch it. And then she's just like not letting them watch their TV show. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's Coronation Street. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah, and she was very sad that she couldn't watch her show, and then her 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 um her new husband mm. was Graham. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh I liked him too. Mm. He's just, just kind of a super quiet. reserved. Yeah, doesn't know what to. D- it's. So he's the embodiment of you don't know what to do with your hands. Yes. <laughs> but it's his whole like person. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I can respect that. Like you don't know exactly what to do when your wife's estranged daughter shows up to be under house arrest. So just don't put your foot in it. Yeah. He you just know? like give him space. Yeah. And, and he just, he just, and that just appears to be his just like general state of being yes. anyway like he mm. is just like he is also like passivity embodied in in, in, <laughs> he, a, in a yeah person. he's like the don't rock the boat but like ever yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah <laughs> and and it's nice because uh miriam isn't someone that's like browbeating him no she's no. just kind of happy-go-lucky and he's just content to go along for the ride mm. So it works for them. Like they seem very cozy, just quiet. Yeah. And and Kylie coming home is like the supreme interruption for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's not a lot of space. <laughs> so they're all they're all they're all bound together. Right? Mm. Stuck the, in the, the house. ties that bind in this house. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah. 
so that that's that's the setup. I I dug the intro where Kylie and her buddy are trying to rob like an ATM. Oh man. And they so just funny. don't know what they're doing. They're just yeah. really want that money. <laughs> and they're not prepared. Oh, and man. he he's like whacking the machine with a mal uh, it's a sledgehammer. sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> he's hitting it, he's hitting it, and then it bounces and cracks him in the head. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't <laughs> they don't do it's like it's a weird like cartoon violence. Mm, Not yes. to the level of like a big like goose egg or anything forming, but it it it, it lays him out flat. There's no bruise, but it snaps his glasses clean in half yeah yeah and he just is like might as well just be laying there with his tongue sticking out or something or like you yeah. can see birds going around his head like it's that like what he i mean he's probably he's not dead but oh, he's, he's really certainly hurt. Con- he's certainly concussed oh yeah, yeah i mean it knocked him out completely yeah that's that's brain damage right there <laughs> yeah, but they didn't. They didn't go like, oh, make it gore fest because they could have done that. They could have just had like his nose crushed and all yeah, kinds of bad. Yeah. But no, it's they, more they just like this, there's a physical comedy of it. Oh yeah, while still being serious. No, yeah, it, it was like the the perfect economy of motion of hammer down, hammer head back up, and the guy just not flying backwards, but like flips and goes completely straight down. <laughs> Yeah, it it's in so one good. like quick motion because he's just he's hammering like fran- like frantically at this machine. He's so mad, and then it yeah when it knocks him out, it, it's in one movement. So you don't really even like oh he's oh yep he's on the ground. Yep, <laughs> it just it's real fast, <laughs> and the alarm's going off, and so she, she's upset and like takes a crowbar to it and is trying to drag him and the little cash box and mm. just gets caught. It's it's, yeah. it's funny. Uh, tries to drive away and gets caught on the curb because yeah. their car their car has the not the not lifted wheels. The the thing where you sink it down a little, I think. Yeah, it's a low rider. Yeah, that's the word, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, man. And then yeah, it's just um I mean the main set of this is the house. Yeah. And I don't know if design cues sort of pull over to your your guys' side of the pond, but this felt like so many of the older houses I had visited as a kid. Uh, it's something about like the the tight, cozy design that is just filled to the brim with other people's stuff. <laughs> so I wouldn't. I would say maybe this this to me is like some of my family in California. Okay. Uh, it's a smaller the footprint of the like the land is smaller. Like there's yes. a lot of space but not for the houses. Yes. So the houses are small and kind of everything's kind of cluttered in them. Yeah. Um but the layout's a little bit I don't know, they're just not built the same way. Hmm. Mm. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I'm trying to like the Midwest houses don't look like this. No, and the East Coast houses do not look like this. <laughs> so I don't. It's 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 understandable, but I don't yeah. feel as much of like an attachment to it, like to that design. Oh, yeah, that's fair. 
that's fair. No, yes, yeah. same here. It, it, like it, it, it is. It is a the kind of house that I have seen in tons of movies, but never actually experienced <laughs> for myself. Yeah, Th- these exist. There's plenty of them out this way. <laughs> uh, it's actually really like my grandparents' old place, uh, but they had higher ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which was it was a nice touch of nostalgia, and it is just yeah. It's got all the components you need, like it's got those tight corners, it's got tight stairwells, all these doors all over the place, and then a basement filled to the room with things like uh, a covered three-quarter replica of Jesus. Um, <laughs> which really got me when that was revealed as a, as a little jump scare. Uh, I, I think the the thing that is so impressive to me about it is how believably stuff full of stuff it is. If that makes it looks sense. Lived in. It it's looks not... so lived in. It's it looks like they just got someone's house and filled it with like twenty percent more stuff. <laughs> yeah. And what's nice is for the set dressing, um, a lot of the things, particularly in the basement, mm. are holdovers from the halfway house. Yeah. So um it's like paper Philos, like the filing cabinets, yeah, yeah, full of uh, like patient records, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's what you just keep in your back. What have got rid of that? I mean, <laughs> okay. Well, they uh, do actually. Graham does actually explain that Miriam doesn't like to get rid of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I guess they were in such a such a hurry to sell the place after grisly murders occurred that they didn't clean it out properly and just assumed the new owners would throw all the old stuff out. Uh, but Miriam will do as she does. <laughs> yeah, I would say that it seems like some kind of oversight for patient records to be just uh, left somewhere. Oh, it definitely house. is. But uh, it's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a helpful clue. <laughs> yeah, it's like it works out. It's useful. It's very video uh, gamey. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what it is. It's environmental storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. Um, We're you, also yeah, forgetting you... a, a, another <laughs> important central character, which is uh, Amos. Oh, security officer who literally just exists, is introduced <laughs> just to check on her monitor, her ankle yeah. bracelet. Yeah. But then becomes a central figure when he discovers that a haunting might be taking place. Oh, yeah. This guy is like premier ghost hunter in his own time. <laughs> um. <laughs> he has he has all of his own equipment. He has a very nice set of pajamas. Hmm. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part when um, her her monitor like gets bumped, mm. her ankle monitor when she's like scared in the basement. Yeah, and so it alerts him on his phone that she may have stepped out of the out of bounds, and so he comes you know comes over and she's like, "How did you?" He's like, yeah, I'm actually like a neighbor. <laughs> I, I like I'm in the neighborhood. I live here. Wearing the and, and he's just in his like jammies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. Like again, that that very affable character. 
uh, who who seems just happy to go along with stuff. It's probably the best way to put it. Uh, but yeah, uh, the hauntings are happening. Let's talk about that. Um, in the middle of the night, lights and machinery just go on and off seemingly at will. <laughs> there is a creepy little uh, teddy bear with a cassette recorder that randomly speaks backwards. <laughs> All the hallmarks of cool hauntings, um, <laughs> including, including uh, the Terminator bear with a cassette recorder, which I think might have been my favorite little jump scare because they, they sort of chuckied it, I guess, is, is the best reference for that. Like, um, she gets freaked out by the bear with the tape recorder and throws it in the fireplace, only for it to climb into the shower the next morning while she's taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and she's justifiably freaked out. By yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that it 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 turns on when she's asleep or going to sleep because mm. she like rolls over and it's it's on the dresser. Yeah, and starts talking, and she's like blinking, like okay, maybe I was dreaming, and then it keeps going. So she <laughs> that's when she gets mad and throws it in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Um, and it, this just sort of continues throughout. You know, there's there's spooky thumps and bumps from within the walls. Uh, and yeah, one night she goes, follows the sounds down into the basement. Uh, and some some sort of dreadful claw from beneath the floor panels comes out to grab her ankle. Uh, freaks out. The bracelet goes off, and that's when Amos gets in involved with all the ghost hunting stuff. And they really set it up as well. Like the um, he's he's doing like all the all the readings. He's putting up temperature sensors for the house. All kinds of crazy stuff. It's it's really it just starts turning into like a fun ghost film for a minute. Yes, which is pretty great. Like like a, a discount Ghostbusters <laughs> for ten minutes. Um, and then yeah, the, it's the, like a well, it's like a fun found yeah. footage, but not being yeah. found footage. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and um, yeah, sort of from this point onwards, things actually start happening, and we get out of that sort of fun, slightly, slightly awkward starting phase, and start actually just doing stuff a lot. And uh, I really appreciate how this film continually switches it up, like every There's every time something's revealed. Yeah, <laughs> every time something's revealed is like, but actually, maybe it was this. Yeah, uh, it's very right. like Scooby doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a lot of the feel, I think, is definitely like that. Yeah, there's some uh, Scooby, yeah, there's some Scooby, it's like, it's like, okay, we're gonna set up the premise, it's a ghost story, but now that the murder in the the building has been disclosed, and that it's an unsolved mystery, there's a thriller element that's introduced with a, mm-hmm. with a weird neighbor, surly neighbor, uh, yep. and the discovery of, uh, what is it, a, a pair of dentures? Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a retainer. The there we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah a, a retainer hidden in the basement, uh, and a, along with a motive, because Kylie's childhood room is the room that the girl was murdered in, which... <laughs> Great uh, thing to learn all those years later. Uh, but there's a little stash of uh, thieved items, including... Uh, I, I've got to say, I really like how this movie does Chekhov's gun stuff, because I think it does, like, four or five different things. 
along the lines of it. Um, early in the, early in the film, Kylie's is Kylie's watching daytime TV. She watches Antiques Roadshow about <laughs> a very expensive pocket watch worth like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then finds a similar watch in perfect working order, uh, hidden beneath the vent in her bedroom. Uh, so now we have motive. We've got suspect. Uh, someone who has dentures nearby. Maybe it's that old guy, that old creepy guy across the way. Uh, and at this point, she uh, essentially browbeats Amos into helping her break out in order to go next door and investigate to see if she can get a copy of the uh, the neighbor's new dentures, see if they match. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it's almost like a body cop film at that point. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that kind of energy in here. The fact that he's just going along with it, like, happily. Yeah. For the most part. It's the most excitement. He's questioning some of it, at least. Yeah. <laughs> we got to break in. <laughs> uh, this is the opposite of the job I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm helping you leave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they head next door. Uh, do some investigating. It is the traditional creepy man trash fire of a backyard uh, hoarder's house with, you know, like, broken down cars uh, and all kinds of just junk strewn around. Again, another really great piece of set. It feels lived in. It feels realistic uh, in that way. Uh, And Kylie breaks into the house while Amos waits outside finds the old man asleep in a pile of newspapers and a and a single uh armchair and gets her whole hand in his mouth trying to get his dental plate out while he's asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's like the worst part of the movie. <laughs> it was real gross. <laughs> but also really tense because like, yeah, I don't I don't know how deep of a sleeper this guy is, but surely not that deep. Um and yeah, he <laughs> He wakes up like bolts upright, like a fucking vampire out of a coffin, and coughs his dentures up into a random pile of junk. <laughs> uh, and um, you know, Kylie runs away. Amos gets caught in a bear trap. Yep, because <laughs> that's just that's just strewn around his yard as well. Uh, and she covers him with the with the the canopy of a broken down car while she distracts. Uh, distracts the neighbor by running off in in full view. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, of course, she's afraid that she's being followed. Um, Amos manages to get a call to the house, uh, to her mother's house, to say to warn her that he is coming after her. So she hides with a big pair of garden shears, and someone comes around the corner. She stabs them, and it's Graham. Yep. Yeah, this, that part was. I thought she killed him. I mean, it was a big oh, yeah. pair of shears. <laughs> it was a big pair of shears. <laughs> I, I, there, I, I think there's the the really fun aspect of the way that like this film is shot and edited, which is mm. I did too, and then she pulled the shears out, and then there oh. were the there was <laughs> the ridiculous <laughs> cartoon spurts of blood, and for whatever reason, I was like, okay. He's actually going to be fine because there's no way that our protagonist killed this man in such and have such a goofy reaction to the murder yeah. that she just committed. Oh, like, yeah. like it's being played for laughs once the blood 
starts burning up. Uh, is that sort of shock laugh? But yeah, like before she does that, there's that that sort of dread moment of oh god, did she actually kill him? For sure. Yes. And we we do the traditional cut to the hospital, um, <laughs> as you got to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, this, of course, doesn't uh, doesn't seem to come up ever again, apart from Graham not being around for the rest of the film, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doesn't get any charges added for this. I guess you know they sort all this out within a couple of days, so maybe there's some reasonable doubt to be thrown around on this. Um, uh, but Amos is pretty convinced that this has to be what's going on now. So when the neighbor next leaves, uh, he sneaks in, goes rooting through a pile of trash for the dental plate, and gets shocked when the neighbor is actually already back and waiting for him. Uh, as he tries to leave. And uh, we we get a bit of extra story. We've already had the story of the haunting of the house. Then we've had the story of the murder in the house. And we've had the story of that old neighbor's real, real persnickety and strange uh, and weird. Uh, maybe it was him. We'll go check him out. And uh, instead of immediately shooting Amos for being on his property, which seems to would have been his uh, reaction from all previous things, uh, he has a chat with him about how uh, 15 years ago during a storm, a woman and her young son just kind of rocked up at his property asking for help, and he took them in. Uh, the lady died, so he kept the kid around. And uh, the kid was a little a little strange himself. Uh, one of You know, the, the, the classic trope of the, the, the kid who's off. Yeah, um, always putting things back together after pulling them apart, never going outside at any time, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, he thought he was okay uh, until one day he found him trying to put a dead cat that he had killed back together. Yes. Which uh, <laughs> yeah, a bit rough. Uh, and beat the kid so hard that he himself passed out. <laughs> uh, and when he woke up, uh, little Eugene was gone. Um, but he couldn't have gone far because, you know... <laughs> Like I said, he, he's a, got severe agoraphobia. He can't be outside for any real period of time. Uh, and his, his, his room in the, in the neighbor's house was a literal air duct that led into like a little cramped basement space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start, we start really playing into the, there's something in the walls. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, one of the thing, one of the fun things is that uh, Kylie's phone has been missing ever since she mm-hmm. she arrived, but she is constantly hearing it ring, but yeah. can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere in the house. <laughs> it's in the house. It's in the house. it's it's literally <laughs> in the house. Uh, yeah, because. Mm. She finds a cross. She finds a secret passage. Yeah, in, in her house after the the Eugene revelation comes to light, and mm, then yeah. uh, uh, discovers Eugene, who has been living in their house in the walls of their house for decades. Yeah, which I I loved the sort of reveal of this is like yeah, this is actually what's going on in the house. Uh, like, because she she feels guilty after nearly killing Graham and does some housework for one, mm-hmm. and then in what I think is the most relatable scene in any media I've ever seen, she tries to put the vacuum cleaner back in the closet and just can't get it to fit, and eventually gets frustrated and tries to throw the whole thing in. At which point, 
it knocks the back of the closet out and reveals the crawl space. Like, yes. I, I've done exactly that previously <laughs> in my life. I've gotten tired of the vacuum cleaner not fitting in the space where it fit only 20 minutes ago uh, and thrown it fully into the cupboard and gone, I'll sort this out later. Um, yeah, and it it is a great reveal because this house suddenly feels about twice the size because these crawl spaces are tight, but there's like a lot of rooms just sort of yes. back there. Is sort of a, a back room space where you're not, you're, no one's meant to be here. This is weird. It's freaky. Uh, it's where all the insulation is because this is New Zealand. It does get quite cold. Um, <laughs> and she sort of explores through these back areas until she gets up into the roof proper, uh, up amongst all the, the pink bat insulation foam, which is again another very, uh, nostalgic Australian New Zealand touch because that's what everyone's roof insulation looks like around here is that big sheet of pink foam um and eugene is just sitting up there in like a little command center with his headset on plugged in and watching a little a little crtv presumably with like either a, a vhs or a camera feed somewhere in the house i'm not sure exactly what's playing on there i never got a good look at it uh but he is the most Tim Burton-looking character <laughs> yeah. in any non-Tim Burton film I've ever seen. <laughs> he also kind of looks like uh, Marv from Home Alone 2 halfway yeah. when he's being electrocuted in the basement <laughs> scene. I was yeah. getting, like, big Yahoo Serious vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cameron doesn't know who that is. No. No, I don't, but I'll believe you. <laughs> well, he is Australian, so... <laughs> I mean, I don't know everything about Australia. I don't know where our Prime Minister Harold Holt went. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Australia foisted him onto American audiences for uh, approximately four years before he disappeared <laughs> into the ether. That sounds about right. <laughs> We've been importing your media long enough. You can have some of that. <laughs> it's like the Rick Mayall of Australia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, that, that's a reference like, that I get. And I feel her? like I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, um, Eugene has like this massive shock of gray, fuzzy hair. He's wearing an awful moth-eaten cardigan. Uh, he has nails that are about two inches long and just falling apart. And uh, he has a big bung eye. Uh, that's all sort of, all sort of clouded over and just rolling around in his head. Um, he is the most villainous uh, looking person so far in the film, in that he looks just abnormal compared to the people who go outside all the time and eat a diet that does not consist entirely of whatever's stolen from the back of the pantry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah uh, Kylie flees from him uh, in kind of a, a very tense claustrophobic chase sequence because yes. it's all within the walls of the house uh and then the tension is relieved in i think the most glorious way possible where she fully throws herself out of the pantry through a, a little gap <laughs> yeah. in the chipboard, and a full-grown woman emerges in a sea of pasta and biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I don't um, know what it, I don't like. I it's the it's the tone of the movie because like mm. I because the way that the shot is framed and the visual like if the movie was graded darker if like the circumstances yeah. surrounding it were a little less humorous it, you know mm. if Eugene didn't look quite as silly as yeah as he, like there's a big there's like big end of hereditary throw yourself out the window energy yeah. when she throws herself through the pantry but it's funny here yeah well it, it's crazy because like we'll, we'll get into it when we talk about relic this is almost shot for shot parallel with one scene from Relic. And in Relic, that scene is terrifying. Yes. That scene is awful. Here it is the funniest part of the film. <laughs> and yeah, it, it says a lot what, you know, lighting and direction can do for when, when the basic premise of a scene is exactly the same. Yeah. But, you you know, put put the tone up or down, switch out the angle a little, and then do everything except actually play a laugh track underneath it. <laughs> right. Basically. <laughs> uh, uh, of course, at this point, uh, things have gotten a little crazy. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the the counselor, who we've not mentioned at all, uh, she uh, Kylie has a counselor who's been coming around to check on her uh, Dennis, every, every couple of days. Yes, Dennis. Dennis. Um, who is like the most milk toast useless man in his job I've ever seen um, just like oh well try and exercise your mind here take an online course or whatever with your dial up internet is about his only answer for I hear things in the wall and someone grabbed my foot from under the floorboards last night um, yeah. I mean he's very like <laughs> marshmallowy yes. yeah yeah he's like Robert Englund if Robert Englund was a marshmallow <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> God. Um. So yeah. Uh. The the counselor, along with the cop, has have come around to sort of discuss the whole thing. And uh, from their point of view, obviously Kylie's just sort of gone off the deep end. Uh. They also find the weed that was part of the the thieved stash. Um. From her room's previous occupant. Uh, but of course, it's not the it's not the not the drugs you are taking. That's the problem. It's the drugs you aren't <laughs> taking. Yes. Um, you were diagnosed as bipolar however many years ago, and she like she went yeah to get the disability benefits. Everyone, <laughs> yeah. literally everyone, has been doing that in this area. Like, no, but you were diagnosed. So you should, <laughs> you should be taking your medication. And part of me is like, is this all just this? Is this all just a fever dream being run as a comedy? Because that would turn this very dark very quickly. Right. I'm pretty sure that's not what's happening, and pretty swiftly we are shown that's not what is happening. Um, <laughs> no, she's just being gaslit by this dude. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, because her mom Miriam comes in with tea and biscuits, and uh, or, or I should say cookies. Sorry for you too. <laughs> it's biscuits. Um, yeah, and um, and in particular, a very popular biscuit here in Australia and New Zealand is the ginger nut, uh, which is a ginger cookie. It is famously so hard that it is inedible if you do not soak it first. Oh, but I'm everyone, aware. I'm everyone aware. Still tries to put it in their mouth and take a bite. Um, and Dennis does this and uh, has a great deal of trouble and so has to remove his dental plate. Um <laughs> At <laughs> which point it all comes together. Uh, <laughs> um, Kylie 
is obviously freaking out a little, uh, takes her mum aside for some, for some girl talk. Because... <laughs> it's, the, it's the best, like, we need to go have a talk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's her, it's her mom just is not getting it. It's, 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 it, it, it's basically the, the sting operation bit from The Simpsons where he's going to step on your foot two times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. <laughs> oh god yeah um so they step out and kylie asks miriam to do what she does best uh which is natter gotham <laughs> just sort of carry on uh while she runs down to the basement to check the employment records of the halfway house uh she's, she's got she's got a hot lead and there's not a moment to waste and uh thus ensues the most Goddamn realistic depiction of a mother um, <laughs> continuing to talk as much as she can while also being very awkward about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, M- Miriam is flawless in terms of how she's acting because <laughs> the it's, number of it's, times it was like yeah. you get that secondhand like embarrassment. You're just like, oh, God. yeah, yeah. This, this is me as a child trying to leave every social gathering where my mum found another adult to talk to. Um, <laughs> We gotta go, and she's just like, "Oh, you live down there? Have you tried this?" Yada yada. yada. Just, she's good at it. She's very good at it. She's playing to her strength. I love, um, I love that she's literally telling a story about like some uh, somebody else's vacation time, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is nightmarish." <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> this was good, and then the scene um, when Kylie first came home and was like. Mm. Like I, um, I think she needed to make a phone call. Yeah, yeah. When she lost her phone or something, and her mom, phone, yeah, is on the phone. She's like, "No, I, ha- I, it'll be a little bit. I have an important. I'm, I'm, I'm doing an important call, but it's just like gossip on yes. the phone. Yeah, that's what's important. <laughs> and then she's just staring. She's like staring at her through the doorway, <laughs> and then just <laughs> it's, it's so awkward. It's great. Oh, it's incredible. Um. Yeah, and uh, downstairs in a blaze of glory, going through uh, the employment records, uh, Kylie finds Dennis was not employed at the halfway house. He was an unpaid intern who, on his first day at work there, got the shit kicked out of him by the subsequent murder victim. Because, um, <laughs> you know, troubled children w- won't respond well to people who don't know what they're doing, uh, and this man is being shown throughout the film to be just terrible as a counselor. <laughs> so really plays into that. Um <laughs> so yeah, we we've connected all the dots. He's got a dental plate uh that matches the dental plate found discarded in the basement, which would probably match the bite mark on record on the murder victim. We've got him in the not in the employment records, but in the incident records. Uh and uh she turns around and we do the classic jump scare, but it's her mother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know the man had to go to the toilet i can't stop him <laughs> <laughs> god I, I love miriam so much um but then then we get this 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 is the final sequence of the film it's like what is this like 20 25 minutes it feels like yeah. yes. it's relatively long it is it is just an extended hasty white terminator sequence <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
where they, they confront Dennis in the upstairs bathroom, which he shouldn't have known about. And when they point that out, he immediately just goes nuts and starts attacking them. Yep. Uh, and this sequence is gold. Every step of the way, this is fantastic. Like, it's it's incredible. <laughs> oh, when they put, like, the clothes bin on him? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And, yeah. Uh, the, so the clothes bin thing for me is super weird because it invoked it, it evoked a memory of like it's literally like the first boss in Rule of Rose oh. of the game Rule of Rose where it is like a, a pasty old white man <laughs> who is like kind of bound awkwardly swinging something at a young woman and i'm like that is such like the weirdest thing that this is making me think of (laughs) with this scene but his positioning is almost exactly the same and i know it's not a reference but that's but my brain doesn't yeah (laughs) my brain doesn't (laughs) look hey you're not the only person who thought of a video game reference my brain went this is discount pyramid head (laughs) he's he's got a butcher's knife He's got a big conical thing over his head, <laughs> just kind of walking down a tight corridor. I just thought it was like a Dalek. It was like what? Dalek also works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, I, it's so funny. And I love, <laughs> I love the cut to his POV with the camera behind mm. the, the yeah. clothes bin, chasing after oh, them. Oh my god! It's so perfect. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, only, only to slam because he can't see well. <laughs> only to slam into the bathroom door and fall yeah. downstairs. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Um, the, in the middle of this, they're like desperately attempting to tamper with the anklet because that will summon help <laughs> yes. at this point. Turn from an impediment into a usable item. Uh, <laughs> and Kylie asks for scissors, and her mom picks up a pair of nail scissors. <laughs> Just like good enough. Try try what we can with this. Um, and Eugene, who wasn't bad at all, comes to the rescue uh, with his secret tunnel through the medicine cabinet. Uh, <laughs> after that, they after they discover that Dennis has murdered the police officer yes. with a corkscrew. The corkscrew in the shower somehow. God knows how he convinced him to come up there. Yeah, together. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could have worked. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh Eugene rescues them. Kylie still manages to get stabbed in the leg, but they get into the crawl spaces and Eugene has like a fortified door at the end of each of his tunnels because they they literally close the door behind them after they go through the cabinet and it's like reinforced wood. <laughs> like just being slammed on. Um but the anklet has been tampered with sufficiently. Amos has been summoned to help uh, and knocks at the door and Dennis greets him and says, oh, it's terrible. You were right. Eugene took them into the walls. I don't know where they've gone. (laughs) Um, And uh, it was like, cool, well, I got a tracker. So this will go off when we're near Kylie. Um... (laughs) And go upstairs with Dennis menacingly following with his his kitchen knife. Um, and as Amos tries to pry open the back of the closet, 
to get into the crawl spaces. He's like, I need something to pry with. Turns around, just grabs the knife that he was about to stab with. Like, oh, this is too thin. Just drops it. <laughs> this is perfect, perfect comedy. It was incredible. Um, and then gets a gets a fire poker to the back for his trouble. <laughs> Uh, and now, of course, Dennis has a tracking device as well as uh, as well as another weapon. Um, Eugene takes them up into his secret spaces, uh, and in one of the most predictable horror movie moves ever, I think, ends up getting stabbed through one of the pink insulation foam bats. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Because it feels like a solid wall, you kind of get what the what the headspace is, but it is just foam. Um. <laughs> and the before then, the, the, there's actually a really nice scene where he shows mm. shows Kylie a bunch of photos, uh, not photos, but Drawings. pictures, yeah. illustrations uh, yeah. of like her entire life living in the house <laughs> and, and incidents from her bus. life. Um, and yeah. it's like strangely very sweet. <laughs> It is, and it sort of expounds a bit on the um, on that awkwardness that Not, Miriam yeah. and Kylie had, because you, you know we we don't see it all, but you know, and like here's you snapping and punching your mum in the face, here's you two making up, <laughs> and and it's not only that, but um, yeah. Amos, uh, he find he figures out that the um the little teddy bear uh, has mm. a the ta- it was a tape recorder. Yes, and has yeah. the like the murder voice file <laughs> on it, but yeah, um, it's it, 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 it's it has. I think it's um, wasn't it what? playing back? Um, not the murders, mm-hmm. but it was playing back Kylie as a child, as a child, yeah. uh having been friends with Eugene in the walls. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's her going, okay, I know you're there, man in the walls. Can you tell me your name? Just here, Eugene. <laughs> like in the threatening murderer voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like they, they did have a relationship, which as she grew up short, she rationalized she her being, yeah, yeah as her being a, a flight of fancy kid. With mm-hmm. her mum saying the place was haunted all the time. Of course, I also thought it was haunted and that there was a person in the walls. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they do have like that sort of prior relationship there. And Eugene is a very sympathetic character. Like he has, despite the cat killing implied earlier in the film, um, <laughs> like he's never had a chance to really get to be a person with people. Uh, but he's not a violent person. He just wants to live comfortably in his walls and make and, and have, make little inventions, make little inventions, and have his little parasocial relationships with the people who live in the house. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's the he's the first uh, Twitch watcher. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he's not malevolent. And even when Kylie presses on him on why he didn't help when he witnessed the initial murder. Uh, he replies, well, he, he was just a kid. What was he meant to do? <laughs> you know, yeah, I uh, thought they would take me away, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't want to leave this house. He's happy here. Uh, again, jacking up the electricity bills and stealing the food. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, his alternative was he was getting beaten. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> otherwise, exactly. so this place was way, quiet wasn't a good and, life. and and nice mm. on the inside. Yeah, and o- honestly, I imagine that for him having Miriam be the way she is probably made for quite a nice life because he get, got to uh, sort of vicariously experience everyone in the neighborhood's life <laughs> whenever yeah. she was talking on the phone she could, he could just listen and be like oh this is what people are up to yada 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 um yeah eugene's cool i love eugene he gets stabbed with a fire poker <laughs> through the back um and uh the the chase continues uh miriam and kylie flee onto the roof through a trapdoor built into the into the shingles uh <laughs> And like like when I said this is like a pasty white Terminator sequence earlier, I really meant it. Uh, Dennis is unstoppable. <laughs> he's he's incredibly comedic and clumsy, but my God, he just doesn't ever quit. Um, <laughs> uh, and they they put together the plan, which is he's following Kylie, so Kylie will hide behind the chimney. Miriam will hide over the slope of the roof, which is smart. Uh, and when Dennis comes to get Kylie, Miriam just pushes him off the roof. Uh, which, yeah, perfect plan. Well well done, well executed, 10 out of 10. He did break all of your deck chairs uh, when he <laughs> fell on them. But uh, he, he's not moving, folks. It's okay. Uh, I feel like he could have directed this, like, relentless energy into, like, a, mm. his career, maybe? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, ima- imagine if you put that much effort into being a better counselor <laughs> as he does into murdering people who find out he killed th- he killed one person fifteen years ago. <laughs> the secret can't get out, apparently. Uh, well, yeah, but actually, <laughs> uh, everything's all good. They'll go call the police and try and figure this out. Like, what do we say? There's been a murder committed. There's been several yeah, yeah, murders happening. There's been here. several murders committed. Yeah. Um, and uh of course, as any good slasher film needs, there is a last minute revival of the threat. Uh as Dennis, once again, unstoppable. Impossible to be stopped. He fell fifteen feet off of a roof onto a concrete balcony. <laughs> Kept on coming. Um, gets in there, uh, Injures Kylie, I'm vaguely remembering, and starts strangling Miriam with the telephone cable. Yes, <laughs> which brutal. Um, and as as Kylie's knocked out, uh, the pantry opens, and a little questing, grimy nailed hand sort of just pokes her to try and wake her up, and uh, hands her a carving fork. Which this is the final Chekhov's gun. Uh, <laughs> we didn't go into huge details, but the initial murder involved more than 60 stab injuries with a carving fork. Uh, one of those big, two-tined, very sharp forks you use for carving a roast. Um, and Kylie's handed this weapon and, in a moment of rage and, and defense of her mother, stabs Dennis up through the chin into the roof of his mouth. Uh, well, at which point we he, see... If only he yeah, had had his dental plate. only had his dental plate, would have stopped it, exactly. Um, at which point we see a big copper cable tied to the handle of the of the carving fork uh and eugene goes and switches on the mains <laughs> and uh we get a real scanners style head pop <laughs> um, <laughs> it was this this was like the, the the effects through the film are generally very 
very um not subtle but like restrained like they they have good practical injury effects when they need when they need to and that kind of thing they got good makeup but it's very restrained and i think they literally saved their entire practical effects budget for this because it's an incredible pop uh, a great like prosthetic crater of a head <laughs> left behind <laughs> um ridiculous absolutely incredible uh sort of the 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 finale the, fin- the finale the climax to all this horror comedy is this very horrific but very comedic just explosion <laughs> yeah yeah good good uh have a fun time explaining that one yeah <laughs> they did apparently yeah. I, they do and and once again the the, the like the Edgar right comparisons like the hmm. like getting stabbed through the bottom of the jaw I'm like that's like the end of hot fuzz and then when hmm. his head pops I'm like that's when like it's almost like when the they push the piece of the church off of that investigative yeah. journalist onto his yeah. head in hot fuzz <laughs> and I'm like you just combine the two of them into like the same sh- same kill and i'm like i'm totally cool with it because this is the vibe that this movie's been giving me the entire time it is a pretty great vibe um but yeah uh we don't know exactly how they explained all this but they clearly did because the final scene is seven months later (laughs) kylie is getting her anklet off um (laughs) amos is here to take it off he survived his stab in the back Graham is here to help celebrate he survived his hospital stay after being stabbed with shears. Um, Miriam's here. She was obviously fine. Kylie's here. She was obviously fine. They're sort of the, the leading ladies. They both get to be the last girl. Um, and as, and uh, Miriam is recording it on a camcorder because it's a happy moment uh, when suddenly the thing runs flat, which is impossible. She's had it on charge all night unless stares up the ceiling. Eugene! Um, so, Dennis, not very good at killing someone unless it's with multiple stabs or he gets you directly in the back of the head, I guess. Um, which, I mean, fair. I will say, it's actually very hard to kill someone with a single entry. (laughs) Speaking out of study experience, lots of injuries tend to be the norm. Um, (laughs) kind of makes sense. I mean, look, Dennis lived through plenty, so... Uh. <laughs> we, we forgot to mention that he got a box grater to the face. Oh my oh. god, yeah. That was so yeah. much. I, I, was I, the, I, a I, defensive I, uh, stick your hand into a cheese grater? Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was almost like it was almost like a Dark Souls fist weapon, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. It really felt like it. And, hey, that's smart. If you're being home invaded, that's not the worst thing to do. Nope. Not not to fight someone with, but you're going to use your arms to block a lot of stabs. And if you don't want defensive wounds, that's a great way to help avoid them. Um, <laughs> and it's also an yeah. offensive weapon. Yeah, the, the, the world's least effective, most annoying offensive weapon. Because, yeah, just at one point pinned Dennis down and just started slowly grating away at his cheek. Yep. Which, God, <laughs> it was awful. But also, you know, it's not going to stop him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get him, in, get him in four hours with the blood loss if he doesn't patch it up. 
oh yeah um this movie was a delight from start to finish uh <laughs> really really good energy just a really good understanding of how to make things funny and uh some some very good acting by quite a quite a few of the cast honestly um considering you know this is a, a directorial debut and a, a actually quite low budget sort of festival film like this this was yeah. never released in cinemas this was released at a at a film festival no i think it went to like south by southwest and a few other ones yeah yeah um and yeah this this film was great i love it um <laughs> kind of kind of mad i didn't know about it earlier because i would have watched the shit out of this like every year <laughs> <laughs> and i'm going to now i guess give it a rewatch <laughs> in eight months or whatever uh, <laughs> yeah uh you guys thoughts leonard yeah no it's great i love it i love what it's doing i love the like like it it uh walking that once again it's uh, it's a horror comedy it it's doing of it's very much of the vein of Shaun the dead and it's mm. doing it's doing the um the horror genre kind of like let's have a little sampler platter of everything is it a ghost is it the is it a a, a weird thriller uh, where the neighbor is the murderer of the of the the cause of the haunting. Oh, it, nope. There's a creepy guy living in the walls. Oh, nope. He's not <laughs> creepy. He's fine. Just a little, just a little off. Oh, nope. Off. It's just the weird milk toast idiot that <laughs> keeps showing up that no one really pays attention to, and is so unmemorable that we didn't mention him until we needed to. I mean that that's a good quality for a murderer to have. It's true. It is Un- very true. unmemorable. Yes, is a great quality to have if you're planning on killing someone. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh man. And Dave. So I watched The Burbs a lot when I was a kid, <laughs> and that's what this reminds me of. Mm. Like it has it, it toes the line of like, oh, is it something weird and spooky with the neighbors or the house? And maybe it is. There's a there's some buddy energy going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's weird like family issues. Uh, it it's it toes the line very well between like comedy and horror. Um, mm. Doesn't really doesn't lean really into the horror angle to, except for toward the end. Yeah, um, but the the comedy is present, and yet it feels. I can't say that it feels like realistic. Uh, it's 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 <laughs> toned down. It's not like yeah, super it's grounded. Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 I, I think until the, the end, the, the, the comedic <laughs> timing is just on point. So the, everything mm. lands. I don't think there's a. I don't think a bit of it happened where I was like, oh, that wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah, but no, that was funny. Yeah. And the other part was like, oh, that probably should have like killed that person or, or broke you know everything's ex- yeah everything's given a little bit of um like wiggle room mm-hmm. yeah so it, it yeah. is that sort of it's not cartoony like home alone level violence because it still mm. can kill you but yes. it's there there's wiggle room like with the um sledgehammer or with amos that, that would have like snapped his ankle the um bear trap mm. oh yeah 
Yeah, for sure. But he's just like, <laughs> oh, it hurts. Get it off my leg. <laughs> we can't yeah. flee. It's like, okay, yeah. would have been way worse. But in in this, it's like, it's, there's a lot of things that probably should be lethal, but they aren't. Mm. And that works because then it takes that much more of something to actually kill somebody. Right. I.e. for like mm. Dennis. <laughs> yeah. It makes it make more sense. Like every, people yeah. are a little bit more rubbery in this in this world. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, and they they play with that, which is good because yeah. it lets them lean into the comedy just enough to take the edge off most of it. Yeah, because I mean, it, it's all like horrific situation. Like you don't <laughs> want this to be happening. Yeah, yeah, but it it gives you that expectation that that they'll be fine. They can keep going, like. I think it does help that the first major injury is Dennis, uh, not Dennis Graham, getting stabbed with the shears, and he <laughs> yeah, does live yeah. through that. Yes, it's like it's played for laughs, and then it's like, no, he is actually going to be okay. Um, and so it helps sort of soften that when you know, like Kylie gets stabbed through the back of the ankle, and is still able to walk and run for the next fifteen minutes of the Terminator sequence. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it helps soften the violence a little and keep it funny. Instead of making it uh like 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 you said, Landon, you could absolutely adjust like the gamma and a few of the shot angles on this and it would turn into like a real slasher fic. Right. <laughs> um, which is great. Like it's it's got all the roots, but they've decided deliberately to make it funny, as opposed to some films out there that just end up being funny without any meaning to um which yeah, i love it, those i think this would have been mean if they if they leaned too hard into the violence like if if True. the last act ended up being like super i mean yes it's serious but yeah if they didn't soften it still right it would have been i don't think it would have landed as well i think they needed to have this kind of wiggle room yeah yeah fair enough but yeah, I mean, for something where it's, uh, it, it, is it a ghost, but it turns out not to be, <laughs> I think this works really well. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's really fantastic. <sighs> well, speaking of fantastic, what's our next film again? <laughs> the next film is Relic from 2020. And another one where something's in the, the walls. Yes, yeah, something in these walls. Mold. Yep. It, it's... it's... <laughs> the 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 sadness of caring for a declining loved one that's what's yeah. in the walls god it really is isn't it yeah. um yeah housebound was the fun one relic is the traumatizing one yeah you have you have been warned also um relic i think is probably best gone into unspoiled so if you've got the slightest bit of interest go watch it before you listen to this part like <laughs> You'll still enjoy the romp of Housebound yeah. after hearing all that, but this is this is so much better as a clean experience, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so... Slight pause for a spoiler wall. All right, spoil it. <laughs> well, this one's hard to talk about because it's much more ambiguous about a lot of stuff, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a 
as a as a more serious horror film like sometimes what is going on is somewhat unknowable like you can get the the general idea of it but the specifics are always a little out there and uncertain yeah um, well yeah. for this one uh it it's pretty straightforward in in what mm. it's the allegorical aspects of it oh yeah yeah, um, yeah for sure but what does help is the director afterward did um i think several interviews where they okay. specifically go here's what i was doing oh that's interesting <laughs> here's what we did and it's it's yeah it's no different than what you're reading into it but it's couched in more of a personal sense because this was specifically in response to their grandmother's passing ah so it's it's, well, a, it's a more a personal film in that regard but they wanted to leave mm. it um uh they are uh i want i want to say they're J- japanese australian mm. oh okay like they're, okay they're their parentage is is mixed yeah um but they were living in japan or taking care of their grandmother in japan Mm. um when she passed and uh it was it was due to it's old age but there was um dementia involved yeah um but the grandmother was in a traditional uh, Japanese home and the, mm. the the trappings of the home were its own sense of like horror. Yeah, yeah. Uh, alongside everything else going on, so mm. that's part of when they were doing the set design of this house. They wanted to lean into aspects of um, uh, traditional like Japanese horror films. Okay. okay. That makes a lot that of makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that it, it, with that <laughs> lens that changes a little it doesn't really change much but it it it, it clarifies I think things. Mm. Yeah. It, it, I think it informs a lot of it, yeah. it, it's helpful it's for like a design, design. Yeah. it was a design choice. The decisions cuz cuz mm. that does actually make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the way it's framed like the cinematography it's very the grudge it's very the grudge mm. um that it reminds me a lot of uh mike flanagan's work uh it feels uh, yeah. uh like like hill house quite a bit mm. Mm. yeah and it and it's something that's not only playing with um memory but mm. space yes and how those two things kind of like tie together and then just generational trauma yeah mm. So it's it's doing what Housebound could have swerved into, mm-hmm. and mm. it just took it, th- th- this is taking the um, horrific aspects and occult things uh, very seriously. Like, there's no yeah. this one's not funny <laughs> at all there, there is not a funny to be found in this entire film no there there's very little like things in in the way of um levity's not the word i'm looking for uh mm. 
it's a brief respite. Yeah, like there's not there's no kind of catharsis except for maybe the mm. ending, but even <clears> that's <throat> uh up for debate. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean the ending carries its own special tread. So <laughs> Yeah, it's a so that was the other thing where the director mentioned that um rather than saying that this is like strictly uh allegory that it mm. still is a creature entity feature mm. okay yeah. they 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 took the time to make sure that it wasn't something explained yeah on purpose yeah. and isn't going like oh you know this is all just um shorthand for uh dealing with like uh dementia, dementia. and things yeah. in in the family and like having to this isn't just that this is also yes yeah. there is an entity here but i'm not going to bother explaining it because then that takes the horror out of it out of it yeah yeah which i can appreciate that there is actually an aspect so this is uh i i've watched this like a couple of years ago uh remember really enjoying it and uh watched it again um for for t- the, the recording that we're doing now and uh because i remembered like most of the film because the film is mostly like mood and tone and um a lot of allegory i went into it the second time reading everything as allegory um mm. and it still works very very well it it like through that lens like yeah yeah like purely as allegory like like it this is a visual representation of this entire process um and so like yeah there like there's an entity there's an entity that's frequently seen in the background like a black mm-hmm. silhouette and i'm just like yep that's just the that's just the dementia creeping up the 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 yeah there's a getting lost in the house that is very relatable and it it's feel like not relatable but like understandable if understandable you understand. yeah yeah understand the you know the process the, the awful process of it all that once again but like reading it pure uh through a purely uh, uh allegorical lens uh it, it's it works really really well um i certainly wouldn't say go into it uh trying to do that although if no. you're you're doing this going into it blind uh you couldn't possibly do it but it, yeah. it works on the <laughs> second viewing on that level as well yeah yeah absolutely yeah, this is a film. Uh, so I want to say I think you and I watched this like tangentially, like when it came out. Yeah, I because think. It, it just it came out in a weird time. It was yeah. like fall of twenty twenty. Yeah, um, and it, uh, I think it got lost in the shuffle of other stuff coming out. Plus, everything was getting shunted to like direct to on demand. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It had and, a rough. Yeah, no that. one was talking about that. Like, I just didn't hear anything. I just saw, I think I just saw the, um, like, the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll watch it. And immediately, uh, I had, I, 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 like, tagged this mentally to go, oh, I want to talk about this. Um, but I also wanted, I desperately wanted to talk about this in the same space as um, 
uh, taking of Deborah Logan, and I think it's like the haunting of Rosalind Lee. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they they're all doing the same thing. Yes, but yeah. they're all approaching it a little differently. Okay, yeah. And the the Rosalind, I want to say it's the Rosalind Lee. That one is a son. Um, I don't think he's his mother has passed and he's inherited her house. Um, but the specter of her uh, of his mother, the his mother's memory, um, is haunting the place. And mm. it's not just it's not really her memory. It's like the things that she put him through and then it's 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 steeped a lot more in um religion and oh, okay. yeah just just the his upbringing is what's haunting him okay um but, but it's doing a lot of the same it's general like the things that happened to the way or the way his mother passed is like something he's worried about for happening to him too <clears throat> so it's it's doing the same stuff dealing with that same like the if something's bad is going on with your your close relatives and it is um, Mm. potentially something you can inherit yeah like that worry um for yourself and then also if they're still alive for them like what's going on with them and it's having to, to deal with that and help them with it i mean all that the whole thing it's just difficult for everybody right mm-hmm. um but the the things that happen to them uh can be you know like, it's not something that you could like necessarily get away from yeah. Like just because yeah. just because you distance yourself, like that's not gonna like solve anything. Mm. Is what like that particular movie is about. Yeah. And then Deborah Logan is more like this. Yeah. Where it's mm. it's the effects of dementia, but to the to the degree of like how much of a person um, might remain or are they like being replaced by something else? Like they're, they're just such a stranger to the people that knew them. Mm. Like as, as the onset of it happens. And in yeah. that, in that film, it's a, it's, it's, it's like, that's literally possession film. Yes. Like mm. it's a demonic yeah. possession. Um, <clears throat> this is, Kind of like Housebound in in that it's straddling two things, like it's showing a a sort of generational curse. Um, in 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 the universe of the film, like there is a mm. weird mold demon curse that was visited upon the family due to the actions of like their great grandfather. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, that's visiting uh, the main character's mother and then potentially, like, her as well. And then her daughter. Mm. And, it's, and, and that, that one's transmitted specifically through a, like, mold. Yeah. Okay. Because they fitted um, <clears throat> their... Maybe just their grandfather. Their grandfather was... Um, 
kind of left alone in a little cabin and, and yeah. mistreated. And in the end, after he passed away, the cabin was left there, but they took um, the, uh, like a bit of a stained glass window and then like, mm. since it was nice, they put that into the house. Right. Yeah. But that brought the curse along with it and then like infested um, her mother's house. Yeah, pretty much. So that's that's the bit that's not the allegory. I mean, it yeah. is, but yeah. in, in the, it, it's an actual physical thing in yeah. the film. Right. Yeah. 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 This, this is a, a supernatural world. It's just you can easily read into this as all being allegorical if you want. Yeah. They've got to be a little more explicit about, like, no, no, this is happening. This is a creature film. It's just a very good allegory. Yeah, yes. The decline yeah. of elderly relatives. Yeah. Yeah. Um also yeah, that that stuff is real creepy. I get very uncomfortable <laughs> thinking of an old person all alone just sort of passing on their own which is is very sad for me. Yeah. <laughs> and and also well. and also at least <clears throat> from from because this the it's this depicted in like dream sequences. So mm. there's also an implication that because he spent all this time in this cabin alone when he passed, no one realized it for a time. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's that one shot where all that's left of him is the outline of a human in mold and rot on the floor. Yes. Which yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, there it's it's some of the imagery again um I I always like a lot of these things pull back for me um to uh Kyoshi Kurosawa. So I would say like <laughs> that imagery is going directly into uh Cairo, so Pulse. Mm-hmm. Where when you you're just no longer for this world, like you're tired of it. Yeah. Um and you can't you don't have again, you don't have connections with people and you lose all of that. Mm-hmm. Um you just fade away into like a black mold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that I think this is homage to that. Just like okay. that yeah. imagery. But, um, yeah, so the, we didn't, um, the general plot is <laughs> <laughs> we have um, Edna, and this is the, the mother. Um, her, her daughter Kay and granddaughter go to take care of her. Like, try to find her, because she's keeps vanishing yes you know she's she's getting old she's starting to forget things um oh, she the, wanders the off. Shot, <laughs> yeah she wanders off and the opening shot of the film is she flooded her house because she ran a bath and then got distracted by her christmas tree and just kind of stared at it until the the house filled with water yeah. um she's she's in decline but not being diagnosed explicitly uh because she's obviously still allowed to live out on her own out in out in rural victoria uh so there's not you know there's not there are neighbors but they're not literally house to house to house packed there's these are properties with a large amount of space uh and it's easy not to see your neighbor unless you're specifically looking for them um 
So she's not in the best location to be having these kinds of issues in. No, and it's it's progressed to the point to where she's she's really not able to take care of herself anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Like she she has good periods where she seems to have a handle on things, but is able she's able to do like the day to day of life stuff. Like she can still feed herself, make sure she gets around and does stuff. Um, but she quite easily forgets exactly who she's talking to, forgets specific actions that are outside of her norm that she's done, uh, like giving a ring to her granddaughter. Uh, she forgets pretty quickly that she did yeah. that. Or or yeah. playing hide-and-seek with the neighbor kid. Yeah, uh, that that made me uncomfortable. Um, the, the neighbor's kid has Down syndrome. He's very sweet, and he's also 18 now, um, which <laughs> is, is fun. You, which you means he can a, smoke a joint. <laughs> it means he can smoke a joint. I'm allowed. Um, <laughs> you you don't see a lot of people with Down syndrome in film to start, and you even more rarely see adults with Down syndrome in film, um, partially because I think the implication of it makes people seem more childish, so might as well just show them as a kid, but I don't get it. Um, I, I've got a cousin with Downs, and it's nice to see them represented just as people around the neighborhood like people are friendly with them they they are able to function by themselves um which was nice uh but yeah jamie had an incident where he was playing hide and seek with edna and he hid in a cupboard and she went about her routine and locked the cupboard and forgot they were playing hide and seek or that he had even been there yeah which was uh pretty horrific and like the the brain blocking out him yelling in the background <laughs> kind of thing because um I mean, from her point of view, the house is full of bumps and scrapes and thumps all the time because it is literally physically haunted. So maybe that's why she sort of didn't really pass uh, the 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 yelling of poor Jamie in her in her bedroom closet. But yeah, it's pretty rough. Like yeah. um, the the shot where they show the back of the door with like the fingernail scratches on it is weak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uncomfortable stuff. Yeah, the whole the whole film is not afraid to sort of sit in that the whole it's just sitting in that space the entire time. Like there's nothing yeah. comfortable about this movie. So no. <laughs> um it's doing its job in that regard. Now, without being something, it's not the the horror in this is the it's like conceptual. Yes, yeah, um, for the most part, and the it's not having to rely on being graphic. No, absolutely to not. to convey its message. Yeah, which means that when it does actually get graphic, it is far more shocking. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's so much of the horror is that it's an everyday situation. You're sitting down with a grandparent or other elderly relative and they are just not all there. Uh which when you put that in the in the setting of this house that is definitely haunted. Like the machines again turning themselves off and on at all hours of the day and night. There are things banging inside the walls. Uh, everyone is noticing, but not talking about the black mold that is just slowly spreading throughout yeah. the house. 
Like we don't we don't want to talk about it. we'll get her out of this house soon enough anyway. It's fine. Um <laughs> kind of deal, I guess. Uh yeah. like the idea of an elderly person having to fend for themselves in that setting when they're already not all there is part of the conceptual horror of that. And then it's just the the regular conceptual horror of watching a loved one sort of slip away from you. Uh yeah. yeah. I think the one of the tougher parts was when she um Edna has the photo album and she's like yeah. eating it. Uh, yeah. yeah, she she wants to keep it safe and she can't think of any other way but yeah. to physically consume the photos yeah, or, or bury, bury them out in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, and the, that that scene in particular is super uh super raw emotionally I would say like yeah. She is so genuinely distressed about her situation. Like, she doesn't want to go home because she knows it's not her home. It hasn't been since her husband died, really. It's just been a lonely existence out here in the sticks. And now something is there that is changing the environment to be more hostile. And she can feel that. She can understand that. But she doesn't know how to express it properly anymore. Um and, and and this whole time she's been very resistant to being moved out of the house because her daughter's main plan for that is to get her into a retirement home in Melbourne. Um, but she doesn't want that, obviously, and I don't think many people genuinely do. Um, and this is the scene where Kay sort of breaks down and says, I'm, I'm sorry, I left you out here all alone. You can come live with me in Melbourne we'll figure it out, we'll make space and make a way for this to work. Uh, which is when she finally does accept that, yeah, the, I can leave the house if we can do that, basically. Right. <laughs> Gotta stay with family. Um, yeah. And uh, and then we get into extra-dimensional space. Yeah. Yay. Everyone's favorite. Um, like, through the film... The, the thudding and the bumping implies there is extra space within the walls for something that big to be moving around in them. Uh, but it's not until fairly late in the film where Edna's granddaughter, Sam, is scared off by her. She, she goes to check on Edna in her bedroom, and Edna has a knife because she's constantly carving candles, uh, which is a great characterizing hobby and also means you can do lit candle sequences in the dark. <laughs> um <laughs> comes at her with a knife to to get her out of the bedroom and Sam runs down a flight of stairs for a solid 45 seconds uh just continually looping around and down around and down around and down around and down and importantly she acknowledges that she finally gets to the bottom and she looks up really confused um because the house is becoming bigger than it was before basically it's it's expanded in weird ways. Um, and finally, you know, uh, Sam goes back to the, to the cupboard that Jamie got locked in. And behind a pile of junk, there's another corridor in there. Filled with more stuff and post-it notes and all kinds of fun things. And um, she enters the Silent Hill side of the house, basically. Yeah. Become, becomes a terrible maze and... Yeah, the, this this whole section is like, you, you know, the in-the-wall stuff for Housebound was claustrophobic but fun. This is just purely claustrophobic and terrifying all the way through. Um, 
Yeah. Because, yeah, if you want to yeah. talk about effective <laughs> uh, lighting. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really wild. Um, yeah. And, and just the idea of she's going through all these things and it's, um, it's memorabilia. Yes. For, like, the most part. Yeah. So someone doesn't, like, the memories leave them but mm. had to go somewhere yes and you're going through or even just like um say a loved one did pass and then you have to go through their stuff mm-hmm. and they're no you're going to run into a lot of things that um may not have context for you even though it's someone you knew or you thought you knew mm. and they're no longer there to put context to the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it then it, 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 it's still, it's, still, yeah, it's yeah. a weird sense of like, but, but is it? Because mm, right. this still has meaning to someone. Like they, they, they kept it for a reason generally. Mm. And you have to try to figure out, like, is that, does that, is that alone enough reason to, like, hang on to it? Mm. Like, because it has sentimental value only? Or does this have, like, an actual meaning to you? And so I think that that's what this part's kind of playing around with. Yeah. But also becomes a sort of narrative to sort of show Sam what's going on. Yeah. And then also scare the crap out of everybody. Because <laughs> this part, like, this was the worst bit of the movie. Oh, it was, I mean, like, as far so as, like, rough. being like, actually terrifying. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, this was, this was the bit where my friend came to my house <laughs> unexpectedly and interrupted me. It was right when Sam was starting to scream and bang on the walls as she was trapped in an ever shrinking corridor yeah that's the worst part that the the tiny oh my the God. tiny corridor yeah it's every every time the corridor turns 90 degrees it doesn't get any less wide it just cuts like half a foot off the height of the corridor yeah until you end up into like this sloping tunnel that's just coming to a closed point in the distance somewhere and then you turn around and the wall has crept up behind you and is now filling the space where you used to be able to go back and leave and yeah, it, it's so bad. <laughs> I hate it so yeah, much. Yeah, you don't want to be Genji ito through that. No. Um, but yeah, and then um, oh, and then kicking through the ceiling when it closes in too tight to only fall out of a wall yeah. in another part of the extra dimensional house. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's wild. Yeah, um, super, super frightening and very uncomfortable as a sequence. Um, we eventually end up with all the characters back here, uh, which is terrifying um, because Kay, looking for Edna, finds that she's gone through to here as well to like an, a space where there's two doors that are diagonal to each other. Um, and she's picking the skin off her face with the with the candle knife. Yep. I hate it again. Terrible. Um, 
and then we get the parallel to the uh, to the pantry explosion scene uh where fleeing from fleeing from um Edna Kay and Sam burst out of the fireplace into back into the real house yep <laughs> out of the mantle yeah Ugh. uh and again yeah super super horrific in comparison Yeah, this one, this is a, it's a tough ride. I, <laughs> yeah, I remember like I just, I enjoyed watching it as it was happening, and then kind of getting into the back half of the movie, going, oh yeah, mm. this is like really effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a really great use of atmosphere, and especially lighting, like you said. Um, everything's like the perfect level of dim. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not like you can still see, which is yeah. Uh, that's, exactly, that's a tough thing to get across. I think in a lot of digital media, mm. they, they they they've got it a, finally down a little fine tuned a little better, particularly with like more modern yes. displays to where the 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 true like blacks are visible and not artifacty. Mm. <clears throat> Because that's what really sucks, yeah. trying to watch an old DVD or something. And be like, oh, you know, it, 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 the scenes that are dark are, like, unwatchable. Right, they're too crushed. Mm. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, it, and then. It, and then it a, get, go ahead. It gets rougher because then yeah. then we have to watch an, uh, them beat this old woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Grandma became too strong. Grandma became too strong. You got to stop praying for her. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. She she follows him out of the wall, and to protect her own daughter, Kay gets a lead pipe, uh, or some some such that I think she grabbed from the interior wall space, uh, and beats an old woman half to death with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, she she's a weird creature that walks on broken limbs and screeches and has all of her skin and hair falling off, but she's still mostly in the shape of, you know, someone's grandma, which is really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it gets worse. Even worse. Uh, because they're ready to leave now that grandma is unconscious on the floor and also still a monster. Uh, and Kay can't make herself go because uh, she looks down at her and she has a post-it note that says, I am loved, and smiles back up at Kay as they're about to leave. Uh, and, you know, it makes sense. It's her mother. She she can't leave her and shuts Sam out of the house and goes and takes her upstairs to her bed. Um, and this this is the weird sort of resolution part where, like, the 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 violent tension is gone like uh Edna's not a threat anymore uh but there's still the the creeping tension of what exactly is going on um and what exactly is going on is that the thing that is wearing Edna's skin uh is revealed strip by strip uh as as Kay literally pulls her own mother's skin off of her uh, to reveal like a, a withered, mummified husk of a humanish creature underneath. Yeah, 
that is yeah, that that is but is still her mother like that is still her mother like yeah uh, um, yes at this point once again like doing like the allegory run for this film i'm mm. like it's yeah. still it's st- like it, it's 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 not my mother anymore but it is still my mother yeah what can <laughs> what can i do really yeah yeah except you know give her comfort and help her help her change um <laughs> yeah uh and you know they lie down together and sam actually ends up coming back into the house because she herself can't leave her own mother behind uh and lies down behind Kay, and we get three generations of the family lying together the grandmother who is fully gone as it were uh subsumed by this this mold this curse whatever turns you into the bog mummy um then we have Kay, who is in the process of acceptance of that and as we watch from sam's perspective you can see a black bruise of that mold beginning to spread on Kay's own shoulder uh with yeah like in the allegory for mental decline it's way more likely to happen to you if one of your parents or grandparents have uh have suffered from dementia or Alzheimer's or anything like that. Uh it is heritable. Um and that is this the sort of final note of horror here is that this has not run its course, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a it's a-, it's a it's a really fantastic movie. It is a massive bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it so it is, but then you have like this this catharsis, this like grief coupled yeah. with like acceptance. Yes, like yeah. this is just how this is how it is now, and we just mm. s- try to still stick together. Yeah, so, so you can still show love and be yeah. loved. It's just working out how to do it in this new state. Yeah, no, exactly, and um, so this. Like for for me personally, um, a large chunk of like most of my family that's elderly has mm. dementia or Alzheimer's. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, and yeah. so and it's <laughs> on like multiple sides of the family, and it's yeah, it's it's not just it's intergenerational. So yeah. it's like brothers and sisters yeah all got it and you're just like okay that's um super it's it's cool. difficult to deal with on the regular but then you go well the odds now of that passing yeah, down exactly. are very high yeah yeah so that's um that's something that's yeah it's watching this uh the closer that this hits to home i think the better it makes the movie like it's more relatable so Mm. you get you can get more out of it but i don't think that that's um giving it like a short shrift for anyone else it's it's a very well put together film like regardless Mm. yeah and you can watch it without the allegory lens on and just be like yeah this is spooky Mm. (laughs) and you can there's a I think what it's doing is it it gives a sense of empathy to all of the characters 
Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. you can be put into kind of any of their shoes and go, yeah, I like I see what's happening. Um, you don't like you don't want to be there, but at the same time, like there isn't anyone else to help. Mm. Yeah, like absolutely. the the nearest neighbor can't. Like they're mm. they're not able to do that. Um, it's already damaging to them. So mm. all that's left is family, and it's like a very limited amount. Yeah. So, yeah, I um, I really like this movie, but it's not this 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 isn't uh, the even though it's really good. This is a hard one to mm. watch. Yeah. So this doesn't go on the hey, I'm gonna watch it every year and and yeah, no. make it an annual thing. No. Every couple of years is probably good enough because I, I, this does deserve at least a second viewing. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, even if it's just for the cinematography, there's a lot going on, um, and it's just very, it's very visceral, but it's also very visual. So it's just very mm. well filmed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's really well done, <laughs> but yeah, it's very difficult to watch yeah it's 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 requiem (laughs) for dream territory Mm. honestly like it's a a well-made film you probably won't want to watch it again (laughs) at least for a couple of years yeah yeah i'm I'm thinking 2025 i'll come back yeah Two two three years is about the i think that's the sweet spot (laughs) yeah i mean it's just enough time to like forget some of the impact so then the second mm. time you watch it it isn't any less impactful yes yeah i mean it was it, it has roughly been three years since i i watched it the first time so i can actually attest <laughs> to yes give it two to three years before going back mm. but yeah and if you again if you like if you watched this and enjoyed it or found something worthwhile in it, um, it's aside from just being a good spooky film. Uh, yeah, d- definitely check out um, taking of Deborah Logan mm. and uh, the haunting of Rosalind Lee. They're, yeah. they're adjacent like very closely to this one um, and are particularly Deborah Logan. Like that's, it's a good, like that's mm. another messed up movie, <laughs> <laughs> and that that one is a little bit more found footage e because it's a it's a film crew, yeah. So mileage may vary a little more on that one. Um, mm. th- this is stronger for being a, like just a, a regular spooky film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. But uh, yeah, I think that that wraps us up for today. So that was Housebound and Relic, and they're both mm-hmm. great. And we'll have to find something. I, I I've been reading books that are similar to these that are recent, but I haven't seen any other films that are dealing with these kind of inside the house, wall, inside the walls mm. of the house uh, recently. Anyway, yeah. It might be oh, um, uh, Barbarian. Oh, yeah, Barbarian. Um, I think, uh, oh, go on, Cameron. <laughs> I think that, I think there might be one on Netflix called His House. 
that from the description and the short snippet I've seen looks like it might fall under the same hmm. idea of in the walls of the house, but I've not actually watched it, so I'm not sure. I Did I see that one? I may have watched that. <laughs> I'll have to look at the thing, um, like the little, little mm. cover. Yeah. I think that, I want to say that, that that's the one where with the refugees, um, and there's generational issues going on in that one too. Pretty sure it's the same yeah. movie. If it is, that was good. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's um, wrap this up. We hit the the two hour mark pretty much. Um, <laughs> we'll do our little admin and then uh, send everyone off into into that good night. Uh, mm. Leonard, where can folks find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Faust is Dead. You can also find me on Twitter at Umbernox Productions. And you can find me on YouTube under both of those names as well. Cameron, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, primarily, you can find me on Twitter at Knight underscore Twitten. That's Knight without a K. Uh, Twitter still exists for now. Again, it's, it's held on far longer than we ever hoped it could. Uh- <laughs> So find me there. Uh, there are details for finding me elsewhere there, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. And you can find myself uh, still. Yep, still on Twitter. It's it's kind of yeah. it's kind of falling apart. A bit. Um, <laughs> it's been acting up a little bit. A little bit as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you can find me there at um, sentinel underscore plus. The podcast is also still has a Twitter mon underscore D monster and a bit of um, good new news, new news. Um, (laughs) We have another co-host joining us next week and for the foreseeable future, um, the ugly machine on Twitter. Uh, It's Matt. So it's not old Matt. It's new Matt. Matt. (laughs) (laughs) New Matt will be joining us. We will be covering uh, and a, a bevy of cryptids um, next week. Mm. So look forward to that one. Yes. All right, folks. That's uh bye-bye from us. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Monster Dear Monster is brought to you by Fireheart Media. If you enjoyed the show, please share this and all of our episodes with friends. And remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Word of mouth is the only way we grow. If you like, you can also kick us a few bucks to help us keep the lights on at ko-fi.com slash fireheartmedia. Check out our other show, Jalachan's Place, at www.jalachan.place. 